See if the guy with the that works for Microsoft can work the tech. All right, cool. Hey, thank y'all for uh, having me come into you youth group. True. Remind me. To, let me get the name right. North Cincy Student Ministry. So, um, and uh, I realize now why I was invited because of the gray hair comment. Um, but there's still a little bit of hair left. So, uh, tonight we're going to talk about God's relational provisions. Um, and we're going to talk about it for me and a guy named Dave. So, uh, hopefully you'll follow, you know, as soon as you kind of get it and you're figuring out where I'm going with this, you can raise your hand. But... Um, or you could be like, oh, I get it, Mr. Hicks. Uh, but I think you all will get it eventually. I'll make it uh, clear. Before I get started, though, I do need four readers. So I need four people who are willing to read who are not my daughter. <laughs> all right. I don't care, but we got one. We got two. Who else? Here we go, up front. Thank you. Three and, sorry, four. All right, so uh, I'll, I'll call on you when I need you, um, and, uh, and we'll jump in. So, all right, let's look at Dave. All right, here's Dave. So, first of all, uh, just because I'm a geek, all of these pictures were made by uh, a new technology called Dolly 2. Have you all heard of Dolly? Uh, open AI product. So I just would put in a description, and it would create original artwork. I, apparently, I still need some work. On. <laughs> uh, but this is Dave, <clears throat> and uh, this is for all the ladies out there. He's handsome and ruddy, young lad. So uh, he's the protector of defenseless animals. Uh, he he really has a heart for animals. Peta would be all over him. He's like the the sponsor, except for when it comes to the lion and the bear. Cocaine bear doesn't have standard. <laughs> A chance against him and he's the lion and bear slayer and there's some big expectations to live up to as we'll find out because there are some people in his life uh, actually uh, four people who come along and they are God's prov provisions relational provisions for our main man Dave so let's meet number one provision so you got Sammy on the scene who's Sammy Samuel, yeah. So he's an old wise man who dropped truth bombs on God's people and occasionally uh, some oil on some future king's heads. So he was tight with uh, the God who called him into his profession, was the de facto spiritual leader of his nation. So I need my first reader to read. Um, we'll, we'll go right here. And we'll do, and you do it nice and loud into the microphone. I'll come near you so you can, so you can pick it up. So you read the Sammy section. Then Samuel said to Jesse, Are all your sons here? And he said, There remains yet the youngest. But behold, he is keeping the sheep. And Samuel said to Jesse, Send and get him, for we will not sit down till he comes here. And he sent and brought him in. Now he was ruddy and had beautiful eyes and was handsome. And the Lord said, Arise, anoint him, for this is he. And Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the midst of his brothers. And the Spirit of the Lord rushed upon David from that day forward. And Samuel rose up and went to Ramah. Thank you. All right. So, you know, that, that description of David reminds me of myself a little bit back in the day. Um, but uh, 
here you have Samuel, who's the de facto leader of the nation, coming and saying, hey, I'm looking for the person that's supposed to be anointed the next king. And he is insistent with Jesse, I'm going to wait and I'm going to find the guy because I haven't found him yet. And then once he does it, he anoints him king with a whole lot of oil, apparently. Um, and now David has his expectations. Not only does he have Samuel as a role model, but he has Samuel as somebody with authority who has spoken into his life and said, you're God's anointed um, and you will, you will have uh, a future in leading the nation of Israel. All right, so the next one is, uh, here's Johnny. Yeah, and uh, Chad, or, uh, Dolly let me do uh, David and Jonathan taking a selfie. So uh, <laughs> I like, this is my favorite piece of art. Um, but he's literal prince of a guy. He's generous, so he'll give you the robe off his back uh, and maybe his armor too. And he's the truest of friends. So I'll have my second reader read a little bit about Johnny. So I get closer so you can get it picked up. All right. As soon as he finished speaking to Saul, the, the uh, soul of Jonathan was knit to the soul of David. and uh, Sorry, David and Jonathan loved him as his own soul. And Saul took him that day and would not let him return to his father's house. Then Jonathan made a covenant with David because he loved him as his own soul. And Jonathan stripped himself of his robe that was on him and gave it to David and his armor and even his sword and his bow and his belt. And read the next one as well. And as soon as the boy had gone, David rose from beside the stone heap and fell on his face to the ground and bowed three, bowed three times. They kissed one another and wept with one another, David weeping the most. Then Jonathan said to David, Go in peace, because we have sworn both of us in the name of the Lord, saying, The Lord shall uh, be between me and you, and between my offspring and your offspring forever. Thank you. All right, so <clears throat> you meet, you start the relationship, and then you also get the end of the relationship as it pertains to the last time they were able to see each other. And in that, you can see that these were the best of friends. Uh, and they, they were the truest of friends, and it required a lot of sacrifice on the, on the part of Jonathan. And Jonathan affirmed that, um, you know, my dad's not doing the right thing, and you're going to be the next king of Israel, and I follow the Lord. And his faithfulness and his um, encouragement... Uh, and his friendship was true and a strength to David. All right. Now we've got one named Abby. Who are we talking about with Abby? Well, who is it? Abigail. Abby, you're not supposed to answer. Uh, yeah, Abigail. So does anybody know who Abigail is? The daughter of Saul. Not the daughter of Saul. He does. She does become a wife. Who else knows? Not a concubine. <laughs> She, she's like this little, a little bit obscure section of David's life. But yes, total creep. Yes. 
That's that's a great summary. All right, so we will. Huh? <laughs> Listen, Dolly has a mind of its own and the images it creates. So, but um, she was both beautiful and wise. And this queen, I'm trying to use language I've learned from my kids. This queen, this total queen, uh, knew when to take action. Uh, God's uh, sent by God at the right time to stop Dave from making a big mistake. And she and Dave would later tie the knot, making her a true queen. So um, I'm going to tell you a little bit of the story because it's like a little, it's like 42 verses and we're not going to do all 42 verses. But um, we need to know that this is a pivotal moment. And the very first words of chapter 25 are now Samuel died. Um, and so Somebody was missing from the nation and from David's life. And so then, all of a sudden, entree in, and there's this beautiful and uh, discerning woman that we'll hear about. And she uh, was married to a bad guy named Nabal. And Nabal um, had a bunch of sheep and some men who were taking care of him. And David uh, was watching over that with his 400 men. And it was, nobody was messing with Nabal's sheep shears or anything like that and, and uh so then david says hey can i have a little food for my peeps and uh or as uh jeff bennett says my cat's over here um and you know he says no i'm not going to do that i don't i don't think that's uh i don't think that's going to happen so david gets really ticked and he's about to do unrighteous anger and he's like you know what we're just going to go take care of this so i would like to have um Somebody start reading. Uh, who, where's my reader over here? Yep, start reading and read the bold sections. Yeah, I've already read a couple of them. Yep, but so this is first, first Samuel 25. Uh, now Samuel died. And we've already talked about that. And uh, David said to his men, every man strap on his sword. Uh, you skipped the part about the woman was discerning and beautiful. And I put that there in for, uh, you know, that way you keep the guys paying attention. Um, but yes, and then read the part about the, what did David, this led all this after she was discerning and beautiful and then decided I'm going to take action. And what she does, she straps up some donkeys, loads them up with food. It's like, we're going to make sure that David knows that we're really, really sorry. Please don't come and do this thing. And, uh, all because what do we find out about David? David does what? Uh, David said to his men, every man strap on his sword. So David's got a plan, and his plan pretty much involves taking care of business the old school way, you know, and returning a little bit of an insult with, let me destroy your whole house and your family, uh, which may have been a problem. So go down to 32. Blessed be your discretion, and blessed be you, who have kept me this day from blood guilt, and from working salvation with my own hand. For as surely guessed the Lord, the God of Israel, uh, lives, who has restrained me from hurting you, or lives, uh, who has restrained me from hurting you, unless you had hurried and come to meet me. Truly by morning there has not been left to Nabal uh, so much as one male. Then David received from her hand what she had brought him. And he said to her, Go up in peace to your house. See, I have obeyed your voice, and I have granted your petition. So uh, what does David accredit Abigail with doing? 
Yeah. And there's this blood guilt. Like, if you're going to be the future king of Israel, you kind of want to have an unblemished record. So this could have really screwed up the whole plan. Like the whole, like, King David, man after God's own heart, um, you know, uh, line of uh, the Messiah, line of David. Uh, this would have been a pretty black mark. And there's, there's a woman in, in, uh, in David's life, in, the, in Nabal's life, who first protected Nabal, but actually protected David, talked sense into him, took action, and kept him from this. And so what's the logical conclusion? What's the end of the story? Uh, after Ab Nabal died. 42. Uh, and Abigail hurried and rose uh, and mounted a donkey, and her five young women attended her. She followed the messengers of David and became his wife. And so after Nabal died, David said, hmm, this is the kind of woman I want in my life. And said, uh, and it was a very romantic proposal, I'm sure. Uh, and uh, what, it, what happened? Well, she was very smart and realized this guy's got potential. I'm going to go uh, and, and hitch my wagon to his and become his wife. So that is Abby. And then let's talk about Nate. <clears throat> All right. So Nate, what do we know about Nate? What do we know about Dave at this point in time in his life? Does he need lots of affirmation? <laughs> This is the part where you participate. <laughs> what has Dave just done? Bathsheba, yeah. He's just done some really bad stuff. But Dave's the king. Who, who talks to the king about their bad stuff? Particularly when you're kind of hiding it, or you think you're hiding it. Prophets. Prophets who are sent by God, but... You can, you can, we can assume from this that he was not only a prophet, but he was probably a friend of Dave, probably loved Dave, probably loved the nation of Israel, and he loved him enough, and he loved God and Dave enough to say, you are the man. So we're going to read that section, uh, my last reader, and if you can read... Uh, verse 5 through early part of 7. In the bold. As the Lord lives, the man who has done this deserves to die, and he shall restore the lamb for full because he did this thing and because he had no pity. Nathan said to David, you are the man. Yes, you are the man. So I forgot to say that Nathan wisely chose a story about a shepherd and told him about a poor shepherd who had one ewe lamb, and the king decided to take it, and that really stirred up David's heart. And so David then was stirred to condemn the king, the hypothetical king who took this action, um, and then Nathan revealed to him his own sin. And I'd say God's provision was that he sent Nathan to help him see what he had done and to confess completely, um, not just privately, but uh, publicly, uh, and do it in a way that resulted in Psalm 51 and, and much else. So these are Dave's provisions. These are my provisions. So 
This is me when I had hair. <clears throat> um, and I'm going to tell you about a few different people. This is my dad. Um, sorry. He passed away this summer. <clears throat> this, is, uh, this is my uh, beautiful wife. This is my Jonathan. Um, his name. is Eric. This is when I met um, my wife for the first time. That is the kind of, uh, that's, that's, that's what she had to work with, right? That's what she had to work with. So, and this is my buddy Eric, and this is a friend of ours named Amy, who doesn't factor into all this, but I didn't feel like cro cropping her out. So, uh, <laughs> she's like a Russian, you know, covert under cover spy or something like that at this point in time but <laughs> and I'm not kidding uh, the uh, these are my provisions from God and I'll tell you why so first of all um, dad had the authority like Samuel <clears throat> Man, I didn't factor this in this might add five minutes to the thing but he, um, he became a, a believer when I was about in uh, fourth grade, and I watched his example, and then <clears throat> I watched him with gentle authority <clears throat> reveal um, the gospel to me. So... I'm going to move on because I won't be able to keep it together real well. Um, uh, but then he, he knew enough about me. I liked to get really close to the action. I was very interested in who's throwing what party? What's going on? Who's drinking? Who's smoking a dupe? What's going on? Like, I didn't want to do it, but I kind of wanted to know all what to do it. And he was like, you know what? I'm, I'm thinking he's going to do better over in... A different school and so he, he he moved me to a different school and that's where I met uh, my main man Eric who's my Jonathan now he's my Jonathan because he's my truest friend um, and his he was already walking with the Lord and his family and he's had a, a role model for me he encouraged me he made uh, the walk of faith real <clears throat> for me we had a, obviously we, we loved hanging out together and, and um, we, we were a good tag team and we could, we could uh, garner people's, um, you know, laughs and stuff like that. But he was also my Nathan and I was in youth group and I can still remember it. Um, and the girls have heard me tell this story a dozen times, but uh, I was, it was like, okay, let's pray. All right, we're going to pray and we're all going around and praying. I love to tell jokes, and for some reason, I thought that was a great moment because I had some really good jokes, and I would tell them kind of secretly to Eric, and uh, and he was kind of bowing his head and praying, and I was like, "Come on!" And I was sort of nudging him, and he goes, "Dude, we're praying." Um, I was so mad at him. 
I was like, I'm your bud. How do you, who are you to talk to me? You don't have the authority. You're not my dad. You're not, and it took me about 15 minutes of fuming or 15 seconds of fuming to realize he just spoke truth into my life. He loved me. He did. He was, he spoke as harshly as he needed to, but as clearly as I needed to hear. And so he is, he's a, he's innate in my life as well. And then, uh, and then I met my wife and, um, she, you know, girl, she has standards, uh, and I barely met them. Um, <laughs> I don't know how I met them, but those standards, she didn't compromise them. And it caused me to find new gears that I didn't know that I had. Um, and she told me that the thing that she found most attractive about me besides you know my amazing looks and uh my ruddy uh appearance and and uh, uh, blue eyes was that i actually love jesus that i really meant it somehow my faith was attractive to a bombshell like that and she and that just affirmed my faith and i thought man and then she just said but if you're, you know, any man, any man of mine is going to lead me, is going to be a spiritual leader. And so all of these people called me up uh, to something higher. And I love them, and I love God, and I love them for it. <clears throat> so that all leads me to his greatest provision. Uh, he is going to give you uh, people in your life, and he has already given us all uh, his son, for our greatest need of redemption and His Spirit, for our earthly journey of sanctification and His presence uh, for our joy of being with the Father for eternity. So know that He has given you your greatest provision, but He is faithful to provide you earthly provisions of relationships along the way. And there have been times when it's been really lonely and these people were still there, but I didn't choose to avail myself of their help. Um, I, I consider myself, uh, blessed to have had these people in my life and not everybody has, uh, for instance, a dad like mine or a best friend like mine, uh, or a wife like mine, but God will provide you what you need. But in this community, in his church, in his body, um, there are people who love you the way that Jesus, uh, has called them to love you and are willing to challenge you, model for you, rebuke you, um, and be the truest of friends. So that's my story my of God's faithfulness to me in my life. Any, yeah, thank you all.